Thank you, Pastor Barb, for taking the offering today. Thank you, worship team, for taking us into the throne of God this morning. I wanted to mention that we are in discussion about when we can safely return uh, to the church and have a physical church where we're able to high-five each other and give each other hugs and so on when that day comes. We are vigilantly listening to our governor and what she has to say and, you know, of course, looking at the COVID-19 uh, charts. And hopefully this thing is starting to die off. I pray it is. Uh, but we will open just as soon as the governor gives the nod and, of course, as soon as the Lord tells us it's time. So I, I just want to thank all of you uh, who are listening today on live stream and Facebook. Uh, thank you for being patient with us, and uh, hopefully we'll get to see you soon. We're looking forward to that. Well, today, we are here to celebrate our mothers. Hallelujah. Isn't that cool? How many have a mom? Right. We all have moms. Sometimes our moms are stinkers. And I'm going to say that about mine today. All right. Just getting it out there. You know, she doesn't listen to this anyway unless somebody tells her. But my mom is a stinker. But I love her just the same. To me, there is nothing more precious in all of God's creation than a woman of God. And her amazingness is amplified by her giving birth to a child. She is selfless. She is a, a servant to all. Her child feels her love even before he or she is born into this world. Moms are bound by a code that only a mother could understand. A maternal bond that's formed through that nine-month period when those two are one. You know, I can't imagine what it's like to, to have a child uh, inside of me. I, I just can't picture that. But it makes me appreciate moms so much that they go through this nine-month period with that little person inside of them so that that little person can have life. You know, one thing is certain that and I see this in, in all of uh, the animal kingdom as well as with human beings. But when you watch a mom, I'm telling you what, she is fierce when it comes to protecting her babies. And we were watching a documentary the other night, and it was about uh, bears up in uh, Alaska. And a mother bear had her two cubs down in the river and they were catching salmon and a, a great big old grizzly bear came out and he was all that and he was going to take over their spot. Well, I want to tell you, that mom ran him off. She was fierce in her protection of those little ones. And I know that the moms that I know on this planet that have given birth to children, they are just as fierce. Not only are they fierce, but they're also tender when it comes to training up their children. It's amazing how they can be one for one thing and another for another thing. And I just want to commend all of our moms today. And before I begin, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you to all of our moms, because without you, none of us would be here today. Thank you for loving us, even when 
We do not deserve it. Thank you for investing in us. Sometimes in detriment to yourself, meaning that you're selfless. Thank you for seeing in each one of us, often by faith, the promise, the potential that God sees in us. You're able to see things in your children that many don't. And uh, I know that often that motivates a child to become great. And I just want to thank you mothers for that. And as we get older, thank you for not holding it against us when we neglect to honor you as we should. Thank you, moms. Would all of you, if you would, just bow your heads for a moment as I pray over our moms and then for this service. Heavenly Father, we want to give you the praise for creating our moms. These precious vessels who give us life before we see the light of day and who continue to love us and nurture us for another 18 plus years even after we're born. We ask that on this Mother's Day that you would bless each mom in a special way. Encourage them and build them up in their spirit. And Lord, shower them with your love today. And as I begin to preach, bless this message to our hearts and help us to apply your word and your wisdom to each one of our lives. Lord, we pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Again, I want to welcome you to the Hope's live stream and Facebook message today. Uh, obviously, if you haven't picked it up, I'm going to talk about moms. I think moms are amazing. John S.C. Abbott, who was an American historian, a, a pastor, and a writer, said this about mothers. Mothers have as powerful an influence over the welfare of future generations as all other earthly causes combined. Mothers have as powerful an influence over the welfare of future generations as all other earthly causes combined. That's saying a lot, isn't it, about our moms. As I see it, you moms are preparing the future of our nation and of our world. Whether or not our children serve the, the Lord is in great part associated with how you raise and train the little people in your charge. To quote another Napoleon Bonaparte, he once said, Let France have good mothers and she will have good sons. Let France have good mothers and she will have good sons. Today, I would like to look at a, a principle found in the Bible that reveals some great wisdom when it comes to how moms mother their children. By the way, this principle also applies to grandpas, dads, grandmas, etc. So it's not just for moms, but I'm picking on the moms today because this is their day. Let me start by prefacing this with the fact that it is hard work to be a mom. Nobody that has ever tried to raise children has ever said it's easy peasy. At least not that I've met. You must be a planner. You, you almost have to have eyes in the back of your head. 
you have to stay ahead of the schedule of the, of the calendar. You have to know what everybody's doing at all times. You have to be alert, watching how your children respond to the, the different environments, the media, uh, knowing when to push them and when to pull them back. That's so important. You know, being a mom, as I've said, is, is, it's hard work. And again, uh, God bless you, mothers. Now, here's the key principle that I want everybody to get today, and this is so important. Galatians 6, 7b, you will always harvest what you plant. You will always harvest what you plant. As I prepared this week, you know, I was taken back to an illustration that I read uh, quite a few years ago. Earl Nightingale, author of The Strangest Secret, he talked about how farmers were intentional. He used the example of, of how uh, the land did not make the decision of what would grow. Rather, the farmer did that. And if you're a farmer, you understand what I'm saying here. A farmer has two seeds, all right? One is a kernel of corn, and the other is a seed for nightshade. And by the way, nightshade is a poisonous plant that paralyzes and can even kill you, all right? The farmer takes these two seeds, and he digs two holes, and he puts one into the one hole and the other into the other hole, and then he covers them up with dirt, all right? What happens next? What do you think happens next? The two seeds will produce, wait for it, what was planted. You're not going to get nightshade out of the hole where the corn seed was put. All right? You aren't going to get corn out of the hole where the nightshade was put. Whatever you put in the hole is what you are going to get. One produces a, a corn stalk, which eventually, of course, will contain corn cobs with little kernels of corn on them. Mmm, I'm ready for that. The other produces a flowering plant that's actually fairly attractive, fairly pretty, but is deadly. Did the ground determine what was produced? No. The farmer did. Now I want you to consider that the ground in this illustration is like the mind, is like a person's heart, all right? The mind is much more fertile than this earth is. It'll produce whatever you put in it. The harvest with our minds is almost unending. Put simply, Whatever you put into the, the heart or into the mind is what you're going to get out. Whatever you put into the, the heart, the mind, is what you will get out. I know I did that backwards, but you get the idea. The full verse of Galatians 6, 7 says this, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. God will not be mocked, all right? So if you think you can live one way and produce something from God, you're wrong. God will not be mocked. He is a just God. So whatever you 
put in is what you're going to get out. By the way, this is by God's design, all right? You will never get anything more out of your mind, out of your heart, than what you put in it. If you put good in, then you will get good out. If you put bad in, then you will get bad out. Where am I going with this? You moms, and this is very important, you parents have a huge responsibility. You're like that farmer, all right? And you get to determine the seeds that are put into your child's mind and into your child's heart. Not only do you decide what will be planted, but you also get to watch that child, how he or she responds to the environment they're in, and the things that are planted in them, you get to decide whether or not those are good things or bad things. And listen to me, this, is, this again is, is important, all right? You have to make the right decisions as to whether or not that child should continue to get those things put in them. And I know you know this, but not everything is good for your child. Can I get an amen on that? Here's an example. What child wouldn't choose candy over, let's say, asparagus or broccoli? All right? Right? I think you'd agree with me. At least most kids. My grandson used to love uh, uh, broccoli, but that's a whole other story. All right? Uh, The healthy food typically with a child, would be placed at the bottom of their menu. Candy would be way up here. Asparagus, broccoli, you know, those kinds of things way down here. Now the same is true if you look at this from a spiritual vantage point. The sinful things are like candy. They're more appealing to the child. Until he or she is trained in righteousness... They can't really distinguish between the two. Whether they're sinning or not sinning, they often don't really understand that principle. And that's why what you do with them is so important. How you parent that child is so important. Listen, the godly things for most children is often the least desirable. You know, this is an observation that I've just made over the years. But if if you bring a child into a room and you say, all right, I'll let you pick what you want to do here. Do you want to read your Bible? Or do you want to go over here and, and play this video game, this war video game? I'll let you pick it. Now, most of the time, and I'm, I'm, I raised boys, all boys, so, you know, my, my experience is a little limited But most of the time, those kids are going to go for the war games, all right, rather than the the Bible stuff. This is where you moms come in. And, And again, I said this, but just to emphasize it, I'm emphasizing moms because in the home, the mother is often the teacher, all right? And I I know there are a few homes where this isn't the case, but most of the time it is. By observation, the moms decide 
how the child is going to be affected by the different media. You know, how they will respond to different people. How he or she will respond to the Bible. And then your responsibility is to help that child to make the necessary adjustments or corrections that are needed for him or her to live a godly life. They're not going to do it on their own. They need you, mom, you moms, to help them along with this. Now, I don't mean this to be a slam against anyone, but what I'm about to say, it might sound a little harsh, but I believe it's truth. Parenting 101, when a parent allows his or her child to choose how he or she will live, that child's fate is doomed. And as I said, I know this sounds harsh, but hear my heart today. You know, your kids need to be guided, just like we need God's guidance as adults. Children need your guidance, parents. That's why God made you the oversight for your, for your child. Otherwise, he would have had them be born and they would have just gone off like some of the other animals in the animal kingdom. But no, God knows that they need you to help them to take that right path, that righteous path. And this is important to understand here. And, and by the way, this is my opinion on this, this, this Parenting 101. Uh, when a parent allows his or her child to choose how he or she will live, that child's fate is doomed. Pastor Norm's opinion. But I believe it's truth. Why? Why is this so? Because if you really understand the Bible, if you read it and get to know what God's trying to tell us, you'll begin to see that sin is very appealing. All right? It goes back to when the, the devil tricked Adam and Eve, if you remember that story. God told them not to eat from the tree of good and evil, but they were talked into eating from that tree. They were tricked into eating from that tree. They fell for it because Satan made that tree of good and evil look so appealing to them. And as a result, our DNA, it's hardwired to be drawn towards sin. That's just the way it is. All have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. You see this when you tell a, a three-year-old, honey, you can't have a cookie right now. You'll have to wait till after dinner, all right? And then you leave the kitchen for a little bit. You come back in quietly, not knowing anything's going on. And what do you see? You see that little three-year-old with his hand in the cookie jar. Even though he knows that you said, don't eat a cookie before dinner, now this child has decided on his own, rebellious, if you will, to ignore what you said and do what he wants. That, my friend, my friends, that is the draw of sin on that child. Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10, and this is the NLT it says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. 
Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Our hearts are deceitful and wickedly so. That is why Jesus came to pay the price for our sins. There was no way for you and me to get the victory over sin on our own. But God made a way where there was no other way. When we confess that Jesus Christ is our Lord, when we ask him to forgive us of our many sins, he will cleanse us of our unrighteousness and make us righteous in his image. Now, we're still capable of sinning or being drawn to sin even after we're born again. But the Holy Spirit helps us with this. He guides us onto the paths of righteousness. He is always with us. He has made a way where there was no other way. I like this, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I like this in the uh, Passion Translation And it says this, we all experience times of testing. Every one of us are going to experience this, which is normal for every human being. So this is a normal thing for us to be drawn towards sin. But God will be faithful to you. Who will be faithful to you? Say it. God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial that you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust Him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. I don't know about you, but that's good news. So how does this relate to moms, dads, grandmas, and grandpas? Our children need us to guide them on the paths of righteousness. Until that day when they pray and ask the Lord to forgive them of their sins, and they too are filled with God's Holy Spirit, they need us to be their guide. You and I must be very intentional if we want our children to take and remain on the righteous path. You know, it's one thing to get them on it, but it's another to keep them on it. It's it's really a lifetime. It's a lifelong adventure. God has a path for each of our children that he has destined them to take, and it's our responsibility, moms and dads, to help get them on that path. The best part is, moms, you're not alone in this, all right? You have the Holy Spirit to help guide you, assuming, of course, that you're born again and that you've confessed that Jesus is your Lord. If there is one thing Barb and I learned over the years of raising our children, it was that it takes all the fruits of the Spirit and discernment to raise our kids today if we want them to to live for the Lord. 
Now, it doesn't mean that your child's going to be perfect. None of our boys were perfect. And we understand that. You understand that. It only means that when they do take the wrong path, which happens, you will be there to help get them back on the right path. That's your responsibility to help them along the way. And again, I I like the illustration of the farmer and the two seeds. What you allow to be planted in your child, in your children, will determine what's going to be harvested from them down the road. I need you to hear this part. You cannot let your child or children decide what they will watch and when they will watch it. As I've emphasized, they will always go toward the candy or the sin. You need to be proactive and alert with what they're watching and learning. Listen to their conversations. That means that every now and then you got to get off your iPhone, your iPad, and actually listen to what, and I don't mean that to sound snarky, but I, I, it's tough. We didn't have cell phones. I shouldn't say that. We didn't have smartphones when our kids were growing up with us. So my attention wasn't diverted toward uh, Fox News or Facebook or whatever. I was still somewhat in tune with what my kids were doing. Today, it's so easy to get wrapped up in that little device and to ignore our kids, and and they do things that you don't even realize they're doing, and they're not good things. Be careful with us, parents. Be alert. Be watching. And learn what they're learning. All right? Not everything out there is good for them. In fact, there's a lot of stuff out there, a lot of um, things being taught to our kids today through commercials, through TV, through the school, and so on, that is ungodly. And you have to help your child to walk through that righteous path, to walk on that righteous path, to stay on that righteous path. That's your job. That's my job as parents. That's why you moms are there. When you see them stray off the righteous path, redirect them. Help them to understand why it's so important to be righteous. Explain what the Bible says about that. And remember this. They and you will reap what is planted in them. Now, I know you cannot force your child to follow Jesus. That's not your job. Your job is to train them up in righteousness. And hopefully, one day, they will choose Jesus on their own. But let me say this. By your training them up in the ways of the Lord, you will certainly tip the scales in the favor of God. By training your child up in the ways of the Lord, you will certainly tip the scales when it comes to them choosing the Lord later on. Proverbs 22.6 says this, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, 
he will not stray from it. Last week, I pointed out how early on the Lord gave ten commands to the Israelites. And in Deuteronomy 6, verse 7, got that up behind me, it says, Impress them, the Lord's commands, His word, on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. I talked about this last week, but hear this. My paraphrase, plaster the words of God everywhere in your home and always be discussing them with your children. What it means to follow the Lord how he blesses them, how he wants to help them to grow and to be strong in the ways of God. Why is this so important? Why do we need to talk to our children about the Bible? I think David, King David, in the Old Testament, sums this up in Psalm 119.11. He said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When you get God's word in your kids' hearts, it helps them to see that that candy, if you will, that sin is not as appealing as some try to make it look. They, they begin to recognize how dangerous it is to play with sin when that temptation comes along. By instructing your children, by showing them how to live according to the Scripture, you are planting good seed in their hearts. That will give them an advantage in life. That will give them an advantage that will help them to fight against those temptations that the devil brings their way. And eventually, hopefully, not only will they get the victory over the sin, but also over death when they say yes to Jesus and he gives them eternal life and life in abundance. As they begin to close... I hope this helps you moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas, but especially you moms today, to understand this kingdom principle. What you put in is what you're going to get out. I also hope that it helps you to see how great a responsibility that you have, you moms and dads have, as you monitor what goes in. Your child's heart and mind will be determined by that. Choose right. Choose good. Look for opportunities to help guide them along life's path. It's a beautiful thing. You don't have to beat them up. You just have to talk to them like you'd want to be talked to. 
explain to them when they take the wrong turn what it could mean, how it could affect their, their eternal life with God, how it does affect. God hates sin. God hates sin. And we need to understand that, and we need to impart that into our children's hearts and minds so they see that as well. You can't play with fire. You're going to get burned if you do. You can't play with sin. You're going to die if you do. I opened with a quote from Napoleon Bonaparte. I'd like to close with one as well. And he said this, Give me good mothers, and I will give you a good nation. Give me good mothers, and I will give you a good nation. You see, he saw the fruit of the mother's labors. When they became good teachers, when they instructed their children in righteousness, it changed the country. And I am saying this to you today, if you can grab hold of this, even just a little nugget of it, and begin to practice this in your home, it will make a world of difference on how your children grow up, who they're going to become. See them as those powerhouses that God's destined them to be. But in order to get there, you have to have that, you have to be able to look out there, moms, and see what it's going to take to get them there. Start now. Praying with them. Maybe reading a scripture to them before they go to bed at night or, or in the morning. Whatever works for you. And then watch what's going into your children. Don't let them choose. You choose. Make it righteous. Make it good. Are they going to be your best friend if you do this? Well, all my friends are doing it. So what? All your friends are probably going to hell if they're doing it. You might not want to put it like that to them, but they may not understand now is what I'm trying to say, but someday they'll get it. Someday they will thank you for caring enough about them that you helped guide them. That you didn't take the easy path and just say, just go do whatever you want. But you took the hard path. You were a mom, a real mom who loved her children, you're fiercely protecting them, and you're tender in your instruction. Hallelujah. Would you bow your heads as I close? Father God, again, I, I thank you, Lord, for this message. Lord, I, I pray for each mother that's listening today, live stream, Facebook, those who perhaps come back and watch the archive messages. Lord, I pray today that our moms would be strengthened, that, that you would put everything in them that they need, Lord, in order to be the best moms that they can be. And those that are struggling during this uh, coronavirus quarantine, those who, their, their patience is at the, the end of its little rope, Lord, I, I pray that you would strengthen them once again, Patience is a virtue. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And I pray that you would impart that into them today 
as they entrust their lives and their families to you. Lord, pour a deep love into their mothers, into the mothers today. A deep love, Lord, that, that will be imparted to their children so that their kids will know what it's like to be loved, to be richly loved, unconditionally loved. And Lord, again, I pray for our children that you would raise them up to be the mighty soldiers for God that you've called them to be. To be the leaders of our nation and in the world, Lord. To take righteous paths because they've been trained right. And again, I pray that your peace and your blessing would be upon our moms and their homes today, Lord. And all of their efforts to raise their children in the right way. And God, I commit each one into your hands today. May they be a success, not in anybody else's eyes, but in yours, Lord. May they be a success. That's the real litmus test. When you're happy, when you're well-pleased, then, Lord, we can be happy. May you receive all the glory and all the praise. We pray this again in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for joining us today on our live stream and Facebook. And I look forward to seeing you again next week, uh, same time, 1030. And in the meantime, I trust that this message will dwell in you and that you'll be brought back to it many times over.